Welcome into a bare bones edition, limited production of the Commitment Issues podcast. I'm Woody Womack, joined on the phone from Miami by Rob Cassidy. Rob, how's it going? Man, by the time anybody hears this, the gold medal in men's curling will be decided. Uh, that's exciting times for me. Yeah, boy, is there a potential hedge in play? No, I'm sticking with the Swedes, man. I took the Swedes. I will. Uh, America's the heel anyway. We made a heel turn, you know, a couple of years ago, and now uh, basically cheering for the face. What is the uh, what? Are, what are the odds to take the hedge? Though, have you checked it? Have you looked? I have not looked. I, I haven't. They haven't really been releasing uh, single match lines. Uh, the only thing I ever saw was the uh, the futures before the event started, and that's when I took Sweden. You know, we've got curling women. I don't. I don't see. Uh... I do not see curling men currently on the board. So um, maybe they took it off because they didn't want people jumping on. So uh, anyway, I I also uh, made a wager on behalf of one of my friends as a birthday present. I, I wagered some uh, on Sweden as well. So I want to know how that happened. You just, you were just, you got my text and we're like, all right, sure. Why not? This is going to be a great birthday. <laughs> no, I think I forgot. I knew you bet on curling, but I couldn't remember which country. And I didn't want to bet the favorite, so uh, so I bet the second. I wasn't Sweden second behind Canada. Yeah, they were second behind Canada. Yeah, so there you have it. So anyway, uh, we want to remind people we've got a we've got a little bit of a crisis uh, this week. Here's the here's the issue we're having. We got two bad iTunes reviews, Rob. Uh, oh no! So, Somebody's saying we take ourselves too seriously, which you know I'm the, open to criticism. Uh, and if you're going to tell us that we don't know what we're talking about or we're idiots, I'm, I'm cool with that. But man, I can't imagine listening to the show and coming away and being like, those guys are really take recruiting seriously. <laughs> well, I wanted Nick to play the Price is Right music, but as you've noticed, Nick isn't on the podcast this week. He's t- at some mysterious class. He won't tell us what it is. So uh, do, have you, have you, has he given you any tips as to where he is? I didn't even know there was a class. I hope it's juggling or like piano or he's just going to like show up at the five star fluent and, you know, playing Beethoven. I don't know. I think it might be, uh, there's a several possibilities. It appears to be a three day course. So it could be, uh, I don't know, maybe Nick, are you signing up for the Peace Corps? What? <laughs> that was floated as an idea. Um, maybe Nick is taking it. Uh, no, never mind. I won't, I won't go there. And he said he would tell us this weekend. So, uh, so anyway, getting back to the reviews, here are the two reviews, which were pretty positively left by the same person, if I had to guess, if I were to take a big stab at it. Here's the first one, titled, this is from Lil Rock 9 just okay, period, SEC bias. Okay. Should be stated, I grew up in Oregon, Rob grew up uh, in New York and or Kansas, and Nick grew up uh, in Southwest Florida. So <laughs> none of us in SEC country, none of us attended an SEC school, worth noting as well. So if you want to hear from guys who think every player is going to the SEC, period, this is for you, period. They don't know what's going on out West at all, period. Big 12, Big 10, don't even bother. Needs big improvements and some and some serious when discussing other conferences other than the SEC, especially when it comes to predicting where commits are going. So, Rob, you need some serious, yep. okay? Well, I could get behind this guy's movement to eliminate commas from the English language. <laughs> he he does not use. Uh, he only uses one comma 
where he says Big 12, which is all he puts is all one word, comma, Big 10, don't even bother, period. So now, second review, a yawn, another insecure podcast with SEC, all capitalized. These were both two stars out of five, by the way. Hey, at least it wasn't one. Thank you. Now, this one could be, this one, my mom, this one could be my mom. I don't know. It's just based on the first two words. God forbid these honks speak about any time north of the MD line or on the West Coast. So uh, t- time is a flat circle here for this guy as we speak about any time north. Uh, they're, T-H-E-I-R, they're lame and take their jobs way too seriously, period. And I thought the feral pick was bad, P-I-C. So I don't know if he's talking about a picture of Mike or a uh, or a pick he made in terms of a projection. So. Uh, I bet they listened to the prediction after said we missed a couple and these people think it's our job to be able to read the crystal ball. That's well, we definitely missed a lot, especially you and Nick, because I was the champion in the picking contest. But uh, we say openly that we predict a lot of guys who are not from our regions that we don't follow on a daily basis. So it's fun. It's fun guessing essentially hypothesizing. So anyway, the point of this being, we need good reviews. So usually we save this segment for later in the show, but we wanted to get it out up front, please. A call to arms for the people that like us. Yeah. Yeah. God forbid these honks leave any reviews. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, Anyway, speaking of uh, SEC Simmons honks, God forbid these people leave us a review. You know, all they care about is Grant or all they care about is the ringer. Right, exactly. Yeah, so uh, we talked about SEC. Speaking of SEC, we're going to jump right into some SEC, Big 12, ACC talk here with our old pal Tim Brewster. Well, of course, for those who don't know Tim, he was uh, the head coach at Minnesota for a time. Then he went to Mississippi State. Uh, then went from there to Florida State, where he became a regular Twitter beefer, which I enjoyed with, especially with the Miami staff, often trolling them about how they own South Florida and Tallahassee. And, and that was a fun beef to be had always. Now he, of course, is with Jimbo Fisher at Texas A&M. Uh, he and I have a, have a long and sordid history, which maybe we'll get into a little bit, just based on some interactions that uh, – he and I have had over the years, but we we go to the story. So, um, our boy Coach Brewster, he tweets, "Couldn't be this is this is what started this uh, as he's been going over a week here." First tweet, "Couldn't be any louder or clear what's happening in the station." Hashtag just watch. That was February fifth, February seventh. The station is on flame emojis, and then. And earlier when he tweeted, a whole lot of people nervous about what's happening in CS. They should be, hashtag gigum. He loves emojis. There's a lot of emojis in these as well. Then comes Monday night. To say that the Big 12 is even on the same planet with the SEC is straight crazy. The elite players in Texas totally understand, hashtag SEC. <laughs> so quickly, here come the subtweets. And this is what I love. All these coaches who tell us all that. Oh, we watch a kid's Twitter. Oh, we can't have Twitter. Social media is a cancer. So we have Brian Carrington, who uh, is uh, the assistant player personnel director at Texas. He tweets a a thing that says mood, and it's a gif of LeBron making like a confused face, which was a good response. Then Paul Gonzalez, uh, 
who coaches DBs for TCU, tweets, if the best selling point for your program is the conference you play in, how is your program any better than the rest of the teams in said conference? Hashtag, you sleep. <laughs> now, Paul deleted the tweet, a, tw- a deletion, um, at which point led to uh, Kale Gundy, who uh, works as the co-offensive coordinator at Oklahoma, tweets two screenshots. Uh, one this is the from- best one. This is the champion <laughs> Right, one from July 13th that says, Jimbo, dead right. The ACC is the best football conference in the nation. Hashtag facts. And then the one from February 17th, let's keep it real. The greatest stage in college football is the SEC. Hashtag nothing but facts. At which point, Kale Gundy puts three of the, uh, you know, scratching your chin <laughs> emojis. Uh, and then... Uh, off the top rope, as you made guys would say in wrestling terms, Mike Gundy, the man himself, retweets uh, the other coach Gundy with six emojis, three of a wacky-faced emoji and three of the shushing-face emoji, essentially directing his ire to uh, <laughs> to Brewster as well. And I think some, some players got in on this. I think the quarterback at Texas tweeted at uh, Tua Tagovailoa saying, you know, he's taking credit for your success because it's not like Texas A&M has done anything. And it just sort of uh, snowballed from there. Now, it's obviously a slow news time. So this is this is big news. And I heard this discussed on some other podcasts that Brewster's been doing this for years. So why do you think this particular thing uh, ruffled some feathers? Is it just because it's new coaches that haven't been dealing with him? Or what's your take, Rob? Yeah, I think he's been, you know, he's been aimed at Miami for so long that they're not ready for him. Coaches are so lame, man. I mean, it's just the emojis and the – and then they'll turn around and chastise players for for being obsessed with Twitter. You know, they spend too much time on social media, but when they do it, it's you know, it's great. So if we go back into the, the history with uh, – with our boy Tim Brewster, uh, famously, uh, he likes to talk on Twitter, and I, I have no issue with that. I think it's, I think it's relatively funny. I mean, you it is say it's funny. funny. No, I don't think the act of it is lame. I think that if they were smarter about it, it would be funny. But college, st- a lot of people nervous about CS fire emoji is lame. That's that's lame. It's <laughs> a lame ass tweet. Right. <laughs> exactly. Now, t- when Tim Brewster got fired. At Minnesota, he moved down to where we were living in Naples, Nick and I at the time. He was right before Nick moved away. And he had never done any interviews. And somehow, I don't know if he, he, re- he reached out to me, I believe, if I remember right, and said, you know, I've been reading the paper. I like your articles. You know, why don't you do a story on me? See what I'm up to now, right? And him, this was at this time, him, Rich Rodriguez, uh, your boy Mark Mangino were all living down in Naples and were unemployed. And at this time, there were several, you know, Division One prospects down there. You know, Sammy Watkins, uh, Mackenzie Alexander, guys that are now playing in the NFL, some other some other elite recruits who ended up going to big time schools. So these guys with no rules keeping them were just go to high school football practices and like hang out and talk to the coaches, right? And this is the Bob Huggins approach. This is what he did when he was unemployed. Right, it was. I thought it was a great strategy. Um, so, so Brewster and I do a big story. I, at the time, I didn't realize he never did an interview when he left the job. <laughs> so, uh, 
So this interview he did with me was the first interview he had done since leaving uh, the Naples Daily News, or since, excuse me, since leaving Minnesota, and it was with the Naples Daily News. He tells me, I poured my heart and soul into that situation in Minnesota. I was disappointed with how it ended, but I'm a positive guy. You're not going to let that keep me down for long. Now, this is, my original story now doesn't exist because it was swallowed up by uh, whatever Gannett you know, when it bought the newspaper I worked at. This is from the Star Tribune in Minneapolis, which aggregated my story. Uh, and I went and did, I did radio interviews at the time in Minnesota. It was, it was really weird. I don't know, because I guess when he left, it was contentious. So cut to, he gets a job at Mississippi State. I end up coming to Rivals. We talked a little bit. Then he gets a job at Florida State, and me and a friend of the show, Keenan Codrington, who we saw recently, were out at, at Florida State's practice, and we were at Florida State's camp, which you now attend almost on a yearly basis, Rob. Um, and we were watching, and we were doing something. And he comes up to me, and he goes, you know, you guys ought to be ashamed of yourself. <laughs> and I was like, well, okay, but for, for what in particular? Because <laughs> I have, obviously have plenty of things to be ashamed of myself for. He says, you should be paying these kids to be out here covering him. Makes me sick that you guys come out here and do this, you know? It was a really, obviously, you know, if anybody knows my temperament, uh, <laughs> you could imagine that we had a back and forth until at which point I reminded him who I was. He didn't remember me, obviously. And then that's when... He said he was, you know, he claimed he was Joe. Oh, I was just messing with you, you know. And this actually led to Keenan. He and Keenan got into a Keenan is one of the most mild mannered people you'll find. I mean, you know, he might not know if a football's stuffed or pumped, but <laughs> but he's he's a nice guy. So anyway, they got into a bit of a, an argument and we had to have a, you know, we basically had to take take Keenan out of there and me as well. So he likes, bottom line is, it seems like he likes pushing people's buttons, right? Of course. So, I don't, I don't know. I think, I think this is just the start. I think, you know, and I saw some, I heard some people say, oh, well, Jimbo's got a rule or his assistant coaches aren't allowed to talk to the media and he's not going to like this. I got to, he's not going to care, right? He knows this yeah, is his Brewster's guy. He took him with, with him forever. He's, yeah, this has been, it's not like this is new in the Big 12. This has been happening. Right. This is his guy. So, I enjoy, you know, uh, I enjoy, um, you know, the beef, you know, I enjoy, I think it's going to be going <laughs> in well into the off season, especially when we get to further battles and, uh, it's going to be fun to watch. I just think, I think people are nicer in big 12 country. Don't you? That's where, that's where you graduated from high school. Rob. Wouldn't you say they're a little bit nicer? Um, yeah. I mean, people are coaches. Well, I'm just saying people and coaches in general. I just think like, – I just think – don't, don't, don't underestimate the Midwest's ability to be dickish. Um, they're, it's you – know, I think that Southern people are more fake nice. Uh, there's, definitely an, there's definitely an edge to Midwesterners. You just – I mean if you rub them the wrong way like Brewster is going to, it's, it's not going to go well for you. Right, but what I'm saying is this is not the type of – this is not usually the type of stuff that goes on, these public – People are not usually firing shots publicly of subtweeting each other's schools in the Big 12, don't you No, that is not usually happening out there. So, but like you said, now it's on. Now we're going to have, we're going to have tweets. We're going to have all types of this stuff. This is going to be we're, a new normal everywhere, I think. Though. We're starting to get, you know, kind of a changing of the guard when it comes to, uh, 
you know, an age uh, factor, a generation gap where these new uh, coaches that, that embrace social media a little bit more, I, I don't think are afraid to, you know, they don't have to play the aw shucks role. I mean, there aren't very many, uh, you know, Bill Snyder-esque, uh, you know, guys out there that are going to either A, ignore social media or B, just use it as an RSS feed. Uh, they know that, you know, that's the way to, to communicate with recruits or to get the brand out there to recruits. And uh, I, they're just like any of us or just like you anyway, where I think you'll see them, you know, nationwide get more swept up in it just because everybody's getting a little bit younger. Yeah. Well, we know that I'm on Twitter probation and, and for all of time. So unfortunately, I can't take part in too much of the beef, even though that's uh you know, like I said, maybe maybe people come around before long, right? Yeah, I, you'd think. <laughs> so moving on, a uh, couple of big stories for Rob and I this past week. Number one happened today when recording this on Thursday. Is that the day of the week? It is. I have yeah, it's Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> Just a side note, not to be a, not to be a, I don't get any sleep person, uh, but we really have no context for what day it is, what time it is. Rob and I have been working every day straight since... <laughs> Well before signing day. Um, And we have at least, I have four more weekends to go before I'll take a day off. I'll tell you what, I've taken off the first day of the NCAA tournament. I put in vacation and everything. It's going to be, it's going to be fun. Yeah. We're worn out. We're tired. Uh, So anyway, uh, so forgive us for we, we, boy, speaking of which, Alex Kruger, friend of the show, one-time guest and breaker of video games. Uh, he, he had some criticisms for us last week in terms of our energy level. So, uh, you know, he can come do the show if he wants. He, he, he can come on, you know, snap a, snap a PlayStation disc in half and come on and have my chair. Well, it's possible that he snap his iPhone in, in half <laughs> listening to the show. And <laughs> Every time I picture that, we should probably, you know, people that didn't listen to that episode, we had, was it the episode that we had Alex on where he was describing this or did Nick out him later? No, I told you off, I told you, we we talked about it without recording. I mean, we all know somebody that gets mad playing video games or did as a child and would throw the controller or would get up and storm off or make an excuse or curse at you. Uh, our friend Alex takes this to the next level in which I guess on multiple occasions he has ejected the game from the from the gaming console and snapped it in half in front of player two's face. Yeah. Well, I think he does it on his own time. I don't even know if it's in front of player two. Uh, and then he'll go rebuy the game later, which is a great uh, – it's a great sales strategy. I'm telling you what, you should. If EA Sports or somebody was smart, they would make a, a viral video of Alex doing that, and then because people would copycat it and they'd sell more copies of the game. Don't you it's think? my favorite thing in the world because I have such a great mental image of it. <laughs> I just want to see it happen in real life. And Alex is, for the most part, mild mannered. If you know him, very, very smart. Much smarter than uh, his brother Nick. I think uh, anyone in the Kruger household can attest to that much smarter than, than probably both of us as well. He works in politics or nonprofits and I graduated college when he was like 20. So big shout Alex. We love you. But that, you know, we're tired. Cut us, cut us some slack. So uh, anyway, number one story on the, uh, the old internet website, rivals.com today, Shamar Nash rivals two fifty wide receiver commits to Missouri and I'm getting a lot of questions. Why did he commit to Missouri? What's the connection to Missouri? And so even Mizzou fans, why, you know, is he related to somebody? They're very confused. And uh, <laughs> so, so, to talk about it a little bit, the bottom line is Missouri was one of his first offers. Now, make no mistake. This is not a – he's not a take. 
blah, blah, blah. You know, he could have committed to any number of schools. I know Tennessee liked him a lot. Not, nah, not a priority for Tennessee. Not a take. Not high enough on the list. Right. So there's a lot of people saying, you know, what, what happened? Did he just want to lock himself in so he was safe? The bottom line is Shamar has, has gotten into his head here that uh, that he likes Missouri. He went there and visited uh, during the during the fall when they played Auburn, and he just sort of fell in love with it. Um, I think you know it's sort of interesting when you when you consider how it went down because he just abruptly decided, "Hey, I'm committing." There was never, "Hey, I'm going to narrow my list." Hey, I'm going to commit soon. The, the receivers they have on the team from the state of Tennessee are what really sort of caught his attention. They're two, two of their best receivers, Emmanuel Hall and Jonathan Johnson, both come from Tennessee. Oh, go, go ahead, Rob. They throw the ball. I, I mean, I can, I can oh, hear the, the case for Missouri. They have a great offense. They have a very, very good returning quarterback in Drew Locke. They throw the ball over the place. They score a million points. He can get on the field early. It's not a bad little college town. If you've been to Columbia, it's you know it's a little bit underrated as a college town. It's a cool place. It's close enough to St. Louis. It's close enough to Kansas City. I think we feel like I think a lot of people in the Southeast that haven't been to Columbia or aren't as familiar with the football team or the situation there just look at it as okay, it's a middling SEC program. But it's not that far from his you know from his Memphis home either. It's it's not it's not like it's a super trek. You know, there's a lot of factors working in Mizzou's favor. I think that a lot of people that aren't familiar with the school. Uh, tend to not understand. Well, not to mention, it's only what four hours from from Memphis, maybe less. What's the? Yeah, it's not. It's not far at all. Maybe, you know, I'll it's... do a little Google Maps while we're working on that. Um, but the that's what people don't understand. But the the main connection is sometimes a kid will see, and this is what we always talk about when somebody gets the first player out of an area. We often talk about like, hey, if that kid does well, they can sell that to everyone else. So if Iowa or Missouri or whatever comes into Atlanta and gets a kid and then he makes it to the NFL or becomes all-conference, they could say, hey, they got so-and-so from my city and now he's good, so I want to go there. And that's exactly what happened with Nash. It's what's happened with Clemson and Tampa as well. I mean, it's the perfect example. Right, exactly. They started by getting a few guys, and next thing you know, now every year there's a top – player down there in the Tampa area or in somewhere receiver in Florida say, well, Sammy Watkins went and did well. Well, Deion Kane went and did well. Artavis Scott went and did well. You know what I'm saying? Just Ray Ray McLeod. Right. It just builds on top of itself. So, uh, you know, Nash is a, in a, you know, he's kind of a unique guy in terms of his personality. A lot of people are like, Oh, he went to IMG to boost his recruitment. He told me when I did the interview last night, he said, I might even be in the story where he said, you know, I'm not worried about, I have offers. I have offers from the schools I want. I'm not worried about it. That's yeah, a four-hour drive. Oh, excuse me. Let, me. let me put it in the Columbia. I put in. Uh, but he said, basically, he, he said, I've got what I want. You know, I don't need, I guess it's five hours and 40 minutes to get to Columbia. So it's a little bit of a trip. It's still, but it's if still you think about bad, it, okay, you let's put it into context. Five hours and 41 minutes to Columbia, Missouri, from Memphis. How how far do you think it is to Knoxville? Four, five hours and forty four minutes. The oh, exact yeah. same distance. So a lot of people don't realize that when you, I mean, Memphis is you know Memphis is far. Believe me, it's, it takes about six hours for me to get there from here. So um, you know, and a lot of times we hear that with 
Tennessee people, we got to get these in-state kids. Well, you know, Atlanta is closer to, you know, much closer, half the distance almost in-state. Well, I mean, the closest Power 5 school there is is Ole Miss. Right. Ole Miss is closer. Even Mississippi State is closer. Arkansas is uh, – uh, let me see how far Arkansas is driving. We're doing driving times here. I mean, Arkansas is four hours and 41 minutes away from Memphis. That's closer than – that some of these other cities that you that you typically think of, and positionally, like I said, that, that I think that's probably a lot of the appeal here. It's Missouri. People forget about Missouri's offense. I think when they talk about you know offenses that are explosive and capable of scoring a ton of points, nobody ever remembers poor Drew Locke when they talk about returning quarterbacks. I mean, it's a really attractive situation for a wide receiver. I think. Yeah, make no mistake. Drew Locke is going to probably be a first round draft pick next year. Um, I, I think. You know, he's going to be one of the hot quarterback guys. His uh, dad owns a wonderful restaurant in Lee's Summit. It's called the uh, Summit Grill. <laughs> I mean, you many a meal with, I've eaten many a meal with Drew Locke's father at the Summit Grill. Where did you rank Drew? You were doing – you were ranking the state of this. We had him as a four-star in the top 250 somewhere. I don't – I ranked him. I can't remember where I ranked him. I remember um, seeing him at a camp. He was a 5'8". He was, he was good. Was 177 overall. So, you know, right in that Mason – Mason Rudolph? Yeah, that's yeah. a quarterback. Yeah, right in that same range. So, I mean, obviously those are guys we really like, just weren't sure if they were complete no-brainers. Yeah, he did come to the he did come to the camp. Uh, must have been in St. Louis that year. I can't – I'm trying to remember. Yeah, I think it was. Who knows? <laughs> As I said, all we do is go to <laughs> the camps at various cities. Speaking of which, we added a camp in Chicago, and I think I'm going to ask to go to that. I've never been to Chicago, Rob. Can you believe that in all my travels? Um, ha, you're not missing anything. I don't know. It's fine. It's 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 a fine city. It's it's not. I don't you think know, it's really remarkable. A with the, that big jelly bean. Uh, what is it? <laughs> oh, yeah. The, the mirror-looking thing. I don't even know what it's called. It, it's... The, the thing that bothers me most about Chicago, I guess, is that somehow this population has come together and decided that they were going to treat the lake that they're on as an ocean. It's it's like a fake ocean. It's, I don't know. It's very strange. Well, guess what? I'll go check it out to talk about Greek food. Hello. Um, I would love to to get some Greek food. So big, great job by Missouri. This is their first commitment. And as far as I can tell, based on my amateur research, uh, this is the highest ranked commitment, or if they, assuming he signs it, then he's a five nine. This would be the highest ranked guy wide receiver they've signed since they signed Darrell Green Beckham, the number one overall player in two thousand twelve. And that went well, right? I mean, he he really panned out there. Well, listen, you know, the, say what you want about he was talented. It's not, I don't think it was the talent that washed him out. You know, right? I mean, he was even having success in the NFL, you know, to varying degrees until he sort of played himself right out of the NFL as well because of off the field problems. So. Um, yeah, I think, uh, you know, I think this is gonna be a huge addition for them. He's planning on, he's told me playing on stepping in, playing right away and filling the footsteps. Of those I don't know who Drew Locke's backup is. Do I don't you? either. No, I should. I feel like I want to put you on the spot here though, because he did this to me when Warren Thompson committed to Oregon last year. And I said, no, will he go there? Will he sign with Missouri? I'm going to say yes. Wow. And here's why. Here's why I think so. You know, number one, we're only nine months away from signing day, right? Uh, number two, he's down at IMG, isolated. This is not. We've seen guys who go down to IMG and sort of just go into lockdown. It's not like he's going to be. He doesn't have a car down there. 
he's not the kind of kid that's going to be flying home every weekend. So I'm, I think schools are going to try to get him. I know Florida definitely liked him at some point. I don't know where they're at now. So that's one trip that you can kind of hop in with some teammates and stuff like that. But I mean, I was trying to get him to come up to the camp in Orlando this past weekend. He had just gotten settled into IMG and didn't have a way to get there and didn't want to have a teammate charge him a hundred dollars. <laughs> <laughs> They'll leave that story for another time to get him there to the camp. So uh, I don't know. I think, you know, you got to remember, this is going to be Missouri's number one priority. Now he's there. He's the, he number one great timing for them publicity wise right this is a dead period they get that's why we've got so many people reading the story it's probably gonna end up being you know our, the number one story on our website today and that's just because of the fan just because of the missouri fans and how excited they are uh also because he only gave me quotes big shout Shamar, <laughs> um, for calling me late last night and give me a heads up um so so that that's that's number one reason i think Number two, the the offense is going to be great. You, you could say what you want. I don't know what we're projecting Missouri to go this season. I think they had to have a miracle run to really finish the way they did last year. Obviously, they lost their offensive coordinator, uh, who's now the head coach at UCF, um, and couldn't make time to meet with me uh, last last weekend when we were in Orlando. Um, so, if we look at their at their quarterback situation, let's take a look at it, Rob. Um, yeah, I think I think all those factors are going to work in their favor unless something goes wrong and they go four and eight or something like that, which I don't see happening. I really like their chances to hold on to him just because of his personality. I think there there'll be some twists and turns along the way, but right now that's what I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with that as as my projection because even well we went to an event uh, over in that area probably in Nashville last month. And we had the uh, writer for Missouri, Sean Williams, was there. And he's like, hey, which kids do you think I should interview? And I said, man, you need to talk to Shamar Nash. He loves Missouri. <laughs> he's He just has. He has loved them. He does love them. And so that's why it wasn't that big of a surprise. Taylor Powell, speaking of rivals, camps, MVPs, uh, he, he looks like he's listed. He was a freshman last year. Uh, Michael Wilson, I don't know anything about him. He might, he might be a walk-on if I had to guess. Um, do it all quarterback coming off a year of seasoning in the program. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> that is really, I mean, you want to talk about subtext. <laughs> yeah, that's what that description might as well say if he ever plays, we're in big trouble. Right. They also have Jack Lowry from, uh, from May today, which, uh, you know, of course, is known for producing quarterbacks. And I believe they signed, they lost James Foster this year, if you remember, uh, who ended up signing with Texas A&M. So, you know, I think that hurt him a little bit. But I do remember Taylor Powell being a, a guy that I liked a lot. And I think a guy who won the, the Rivals Camp MVP for us probably at the St. Louis camp. So, um, so yeah, I'm going to predict uh, that Shamar sticks with them. Uh, moving on, uh, since, boy, two SEC stories back-to-back, Rob. Honk, honk. Yeah, I guess we should talk about Rutgers to offset it. I wish we had a honking. Uh, all I have here, because Nick has the normal soundboard, all I have is this. I don't have any honking. We spent it's close. I mean, we spent half of the off season last year talking about Michigan. Right. 
<laughs> yeah, speaking of which, Har- it's Harbaugh season. He hasn't done anything. What's he's he doing? He's probably biding his time. I'm sure once they go over to the European trip or something, he'll start an international incident to make up for lost time. Yeah, he's been quiet. I think their season on the field had a lot to do with that. But, Rob, you had a – speaking of popular stories on the website, your second most popular story of the month, and that includes signing day uh, content – Scott Frost, we were down in Orlando this past weekend. We did a lot of talk with uh, players down there to see what they were thinking about uh, the Cornhuskers. Uh, clearly an area that Nebraska is going to continue to recruit. You know, they, they've recruited – Scott Frost recruited Florida when even when he was at Oregon, getting guys like Charles Nelson. They obviously stole a lot of uh, UCF's commits when they took the staff out there. That's what people – don't get offended about stole. <laughs> uh, and then uh, now they're down there again. So what was your biggest takeaway talking to the guys in Florida? And as we always talked about, this is, do we think it can realistically happen? And what are the kind of guys that they're, they should be shooting for to get out of Florida? You know, I think it, it definitely can realistically happen. It's going to be a build though. I mean, they're not going to come in this cycle right away and start stealing kids from Florida state or Florida. But, I mean, it's clear that everybody loves Scott Frost. I mean, they got a four-star wide receiver out of Florida and Dominic Watt with other options last year. And he decided to go there without even ever stepping foot on campus. It was He just blindly followed Scott Frost uh, to the middle of nowhere, to the middle of the Midwest. You know, it's like, all right, fine, I'll go. Uh, and I think in talking to recruits this weekend in Orlando – it kind of proved that, you know, that's the kind of cachet he has down there. You know, you see all these banners, you know, UFC, UCF national championship banners, and you can argue with the veracity of that all you want. But, you know, recruiting is perception. uh, And he has the perception of being a hyper successful head coach that's going to be hyper successful at Nebraska. Uh, And the thing that the, the recruits told me most is their reasoning was we like him because a we know he can do great things with what they thought was, you know, underwhelming talent at UCF. Uh, now that he's at a power five school, he thinks, you know, they think it's only going to go better because he's going to up the talent level. It's going to be an up-tempo offense in the big 10. We'll see how that goes. And, you know, the kids are intrigued by him. I mean, it's, I think his name carries more weight with this crop of kids than everybody loves John Gruden, right? You know, hire John Gruden. Kids love him. There are more people in Florida recruit-wise that know who Scott Frost is than there are that know who John Gruden is uh, at this age group. They just don't know who he is. <laughs> well, we're working on that story. That's going to be a story we do at some point. I mean, you agree with that, right? Like if we, if we took a swath of top recruits and we were like, tell me everything you know about Scott Frost and tell me everything you know about John Gruden – they would know more about Frost. There's no doubt. They wouldn't even. They'd be like, "Sir, who's John Gruden? Nobody knows who John Gruden is." Spoiler alert. No, I agree. Football. We talked about this several times before. But you could be like, "Tell me about Rob Casty. Tell me about John Gruden." And it'd be, you know, you might win, or it'd be maybe fifty-fifty at worst. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, and we found that out. I mean, we we talked to a lot of kids. Rob and I generally, these camps is in addition to doing recruiting updates and stuff like that, we kind of come at things from different angles and try to get the the prospect's voice in a lot of things. You know, hey, what did you, what would you like to see about this? Or what did you think about this? How do you think this worked? And because sometimes, you know, it's like the, the term, you know, you know, from the mouth of babes or whatever. It's like you want to hear. Well, the best was Al Blades making me take out my phone and prove to him that Lane Kiffin was the head coach at Tennessee. <laughs> I told him this, and he not only did he not believe me, he made me pull up a website to show him that. That was one time I also had a kid tell me that I played for the Carolina Panthers and would not believe me when I told him I did not play. He pulled up a picture and said, "This is you. Look." 
And I said, that's not me. Hello. Uh, so anyway, but yeah, the, uh, I guess I should have gone with that lie. Maybe I'll keep some people on Twitter who, uh, tell me I don't know anything except uh, my, the layout of my mom's basement or whatever. Uh, which my mom doesn't have a basement. We have a bomb shelter, Rob. Can you believe that at the childhood home? I, you know, I can believe that because I know you. Uh, well, no, it was there. I think the house was built at a time. My mom. Uh, oh, I would have bet money on it was some member of the Womack family has, has assembled a bomb shelter in the basement. I could see that. Yeah, I could see that. I wish I could do that at my house here, actually. But uh, anyway, yeah. So, so I totally agree with you on that one. The, the, the kids definitely know Scott Frost. One thing that I think is going to be key for them, though, and we saw this with the last Nebraska staff trying to go out to California and recruit every five-star and this would lead to them getting real mad at Adam Gorney when he would say, you know, the kids, we talked to our Nebraska guys as we were eating a, a nice lunch at Wawa, which uh, the best restaurant in Orlando, book it. Um, we talked to our Nebraska guys about this. And they said, you know, one of the reasons the fans get agitated with Gorney, uh, our, our West Coast analyst and national analyst, is because he would often, you know, have to be the bearer of bad news and say, look, yeah, this kid likes Nebraska, but he's eventually going to go to USC. And he was <laughs> right. I, they target the wrong kids. I mean, they, you can't overreach. Uh, and Nebraska has already done a very nice job of kind of getting in where they fit in. And I've said on this podcast before, it's those Lamar Jackson types that leave the state and usually land at Louisville now have a big problem because or Louisville has a big problem because those guys are going to want to go to Nebraska now. And Louisville's got a new recruiting rival. That's all there is to it. No doubt. So, uh, so anyway, yeah, check out Rob's story. Got a lot of people reading it. You can find that. You can also find my story on Shamar Nash where he talks about uh, everything that, that's going on with him. So, all right, we're going to move on. We have uh, plenty of other things going on. Do we? Rob and I both. Oh, I mean, in our lives, wow. maybe not to talk about on this podcast. Uh, I'm flying out tomorrow and then I have to do what, what time do you get in tomorrow? Uh, I'm flying into Pensacola and driving over because for whatever reason, I'm trying to save this company money and it was like $200 cheaper to fly from Miami to Pensacola than to fly into Mobile. Yeah, I guess Mobile doesn't have an airport. Like a well, real Lucero's airport. got it figured out, our photographer. He's flying into New Orleans and staying in New Orleans the night after the camp is what I should have done. Uh, instead, it's you know it's a drive back to the Redneck Riviera for me. Well, but we got things to do. We got places. We got we got to both go out to LA next week. So rather get home Sunday night uh, and spend a night in New Orleans. As much as I <laughs> love New yeah, Orleans, yeah, you and I differ there. I do actually love New Orleans, and you sarcastically take shots at the one of a great. It's a great American city. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just don't you know. Don't wear any shoes unless you're stepping in dirty, muddy water. No, I actually don't mind New Orleans. Uh, I like I like the vibe of Louisiana more than I necessarily like New Orleans, you know. Uh, well, you just got to get away from like Bourbon Street is lame, right? It's like going to New York and hanging out in Times Square. It's just like manufactured shot girls. But like if you get into like the lower garden district, some other parts of Louisiana or New Orleans, it's a really – Still a vibrant, like interesting city with, I think, the best food in the country. Now, you always say the best food in the country, but I don't know. Uh, that, that's TBD, I think, on that one. Not to mention you're allegedly from New York. What, what about New I York? I don't – I mean, I don't know. New York's fine, but you can get the stuff you get in New York anywhere, right? I, I mean, in any major city, I think. Are there good restaurants in New York? Sure. I don't think there's like a food culture like that in New York, though. Uh, not as far as Cajun food goes and, and – actual like you know americana i guess right all right moving on enough that's that's our city 
That's our city review. That's um, <laughs> Rob Cassidy's Dan Wilkin conversation of the day. Oh man, hold on. We got a little shot. We we may have also shots fired. Uh Larry Scott refers to Miami as the other school down south. Uh oh. Um, doesn't every coach do that at some point it's so lame um i don't know it's so it's so lame to not say the name of the other school um so anyway whatever sorry larry we love you but uh you know well, didn't larry, larry scott worked at the other school down south, yeah, didn't he? yeah that's they were talking about Camor gamble uh i think is who they were talking about he's you know it seems like all the florida coaches are doing media availability today so there's been a lot of uh news coming out but let's move on uh tweet of the week i don't think i have one we talked we just read a bunch of tweets to start the show right yeah those are definitely the tweets of the week you don't have anything no minor whatever doesn't include the flames emoji i've got one i've got some to say you want to talk about tweets i've saved search for buried treasure linked to illinois man's death at yellowstone from npr so best believe i'm gonna be reading that article (laughs) Yeah, I'm a sucker for a treasure hunt as well. I'd like to believe in the concept of buried treasure. Um, I would like to believe that that's a thing. I just, I'm sure it is on some level, but does anybody ever find these lost treasures? Well, you know, I've been watching five seasons of the Curse of Oak Island, and, you know, we're mostly coming up empty handed. So <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's like, what, what's the other one, Ghost Hunters? Or it's like, uh, this week on Ghost Hunters, they fail to find a ghost again. Yeah, I used to, you know, I'm a big Bigfoot guy. Uh, as you <laughs> I'm sure they found Bigfoot by now. Like After six seasons, still looking. Right. Well, that show that show is too too wonky. You know, they're not taking it seriously enough. If we're trying to, find what's the Bigfoot, demographic for that? Like, who's watching that besides Woody? Well, I don't watch it anymore. That's what I'm saying. It got to be too much shtick. That's the problem with all these shows. Well, isn't the whole thing is it a shtick to begin with? I mean, nobody actually tunes in thinking they're going to find the thing that doesn't exist. Well, when they found that DNA. On another on another Bigfoot show, do the research, Rob. You know I'm going to take you and dump you out in the woods in Oregon for two weeks, and you. Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, I'm not going to come back. because Bigfoot. Then get lost out there. Yeah, exactly. That's what. That's I'm what they more worried about coyotes than Bigfoot. Well, coyotes are not a problem in Oregon. I got more coyotes here in my own neighborhood. Speaking of which, the city of Decatur, Georgia, appearing to be having an outbreak of boars and pigs. It's been a big issue on next door. Better get a spear. Maybe that's what we should make it. Should we make it the next door pig talk? <laughs> <laughs> I haven't. I downloaded the next door app. I have not logged in. Let me so tell you something. Let a pig come over here around my house and see what happens. All these people are like, no, the city's not doing feral pig solution. Here we go. Uh, well, well, they just cook them whole here in Miami. It's a big like uh, thing in the Cuban community where any celebration, they roast a pig. So. Okay, so what would you rather hear? Feral pig solution or wild pigs taking over with no help from DeKalb County? Uh, wild pigs taking over, of course. Okay. <laughs> this is a lengthy post which, with 87 replies, so obviously I'm going to read it all. Posting for everyone here to be aware of the wild pigs in our area. We have wild video of wild pigs rooting in yards and tearing up the lawns at homes on Linden Lane and Brook Drive. The pigs live in the wooded area of the creek that runs throughout our neighborhood and possibly yours. These pigs already have young and will continue to breed. Feral pigs can grow razor sharp. T- <laughs> Wait, hold on, hold on. They already have young and will get, who talks like that? <laughs> well, Robin does from who lives in Valley Brook Estates, which may or may not be close to where Bill Trochi, who has to edit this podcast or listen to this podcast for uh, 
censorship reasons. Uh, you know, it might be close to your house, Bill. So give us an update if you have any feral pigs. They already have young. The outbreak has begun. Okay, well, listen, that's just the beginning. Feral pigs can grow razor sharp tusks and will attack humans. They also carry diseases and leave their waste on the ground. Oh, they don't poop in toilets. <laughs> <laughs> they leave their waste on the ground. How dare what them. is wrong with you, pigs? Um, they are nocturnal and feed at night. So be aware coming home after dark, you could accidentally stumble upon one. We need help getting cooperation from DeKalb County animal control. And then it goes on to say they've contacted the news at this moment. We've been told to hire a trapping company and pay out of pocket. Rob, if this were me, do you know how many of those pigs I would have killed and eaten already? <laughs> With your bare hands. What do they think the news is going to do? There's going to be a story. Animals. Still outside? Like, what's, what's the headline on that story? <laughs> well, uh, you too could end up with wild pigs rooting up your lawn, getting into your garbage cans, and attacking pets and possibly humans. Also, my dog would murder one of these uh, pigs. <laughs> Sorry, step two, as uh, we've seen his track record of killing animals, namely my cousin's cat. Um, it only takes a minute to make a phone call. It only takes a minute for these feral pigs to breed. We need to stick together or plan on giving up your lawns and gardens and possibly contracting a disease spread through fecal contamination. Jeez, man. Well, I don't know. I guess if you're bored, that's what you do. <laughs> well, so, <laughs> you know, of course, then it turns into some type of political debate. What, does somebody want to arm the pigs? We should, you know what we should do is we should give the pigs guns. <laughs> Okay, well, our girl Kim, Kim, I almost read her last name. Sorry, Kim. Uh, she says, these pigs are timid and harmless. They're merely looking for buried acorns and bugs to eat. The slightest sound or motion scares them off. And then she suggests getting a uh, uh, motion-activated sprayer, like the one I showed 11 Alive News when they were here. Oh, which they neglected to show as a solution in their alarmist story. Uh -huh. They did do a story on animals still running wild outside. Yeah, but they didn't. But they, of course, you know, the failing news media forgot to mention that the motion scares them yeah. off. We should arm the pigs. That's the solution for everything we, is give the pigs guns. Well, she says, please leave the wildlife alone and they will leave you alone. Now, Tim says... This is why the state changed the law a couple of years ago to allow for rifle hunting of these. Oh, this guy wants to bring out a gun in the neighborhood, huh? Well, that's what I'm saying. I would kill them with a gun. I would get a gun and kill them. <laughs> All right. We got to move away before this becomes Rob's socialist podcast. Well, I don't own any guns uh, minus a BB gun. But if I had a pick, listen, especially if they want to mess with my tomatoes, forget about it. Um, so they are a non-native species, according to this. So, but they taste great. Have you ever had? No, you mentioned. Have I ever had pork? Community. Yeah, I've had. <laughs> that's no, have you ever had a wild boar? Um, yeah, I think I went to my my real estate agent when I first moved to Miami as a uh, Cuban woman, and she had a uh, one of these. I can't believe, remember it was Easter. I think it was Easter celebration, and I went over there, and they had a uh, a roasted pig where they do the whole thing. They roast them. But you don't know if it was a wild pig or if it was. I mean, a, I don't know if they they bought the. It was a whole pig. I don't know if they bought the pig carcass from a store or if they went out and killed it in somebody's tomato garden in, in, in urban Atlanta. Well, yeah, I got news for you. The, because of the food they eat, berries, and as it was mentioned below, berries and acorns and stuff like that, the meat is delectable. So uh, I'd highly advise if you can get your hands on some wild boar uh, to do so. <laughs> 
to do so through legal means, of course. And Bill Trochi, watch out. These pigs may be coming to Tucker. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> I'd like to see Bill Trochi fight a pig. Uh, you know, Bill's, Bill's always out running. So uh, he might be able to outrun a pig. But, you know, they've got sharp tusks and they have diseases from going to the bathroom on the ground. <laughs> God, can you believe that? All right. Okay. Let's move on. Moving on. Stop taking yourself. This, this is what people are talking about when they say they take this, this, uh, this too seriously. So yeah, let's move on to the conversation about hips. Uh, all right. Now rants and recommendations, uh, short this week. Um, I've got some ones that I, I never talked about. Still, still want to talk about a valet. Um, the left door always being locked at businesses. I don't know. Get that one. What's the deal with Amazon Alexa? What does it actually do? <laughs> Is this a Seinfeld well, I'm just telling you, giving you some options. Gas station TV, which I hate. And uh, Is there more? I'm interested because I relate to the, the left door always being locked, but isn't that the whole rant or is there more to this? No. What? That, why? I don't when know did why. it start? Why? How many times do you go to gra- – there, there needs to be uniformity. Either ev- everyone needs to be locked in the history of businesses or they, or they all need to be unlocked. What is the point of locking the second door? I don't have any idea unless it's to like conserve air conditioning. I don't know. I've never known. It's frustrating to me too. It's just, you know, I guess it's a thing. How many times do you grab them and it's locked? Too often. So why don't we stop? Why don't you stop I doing it? that they're broken. It seems like it's always at like, you know, rickety buildings. Like this never seems like it's happening in like a very nice, you know, well-maintained okay. building. Well, just to lay it out for people, you're going to go into a coffee shop. The, there's always two doors. Uh, okay, the crack is in the middle. They each open each way. O- oftentimes, you have two doors, so you can open both of them if you're moving stuff in and out. Because a regular size door, you know, you want to have a lot of mo- room to move equipment in, move in tables and stuff like that. But people always keep the left door locked. This is if you're facing going into the business, and I just don't get it. The amount of times I grab it, I mean, you know how mad I get, Rob. <laughs> no, um, <laughs> I can say I've experienced that. You know, just ask the lady who flipped me off this morning in the Lexus how mad, uh, how mad, how mad I can get. <laughs> but it's just like I don't, I just don't understand. So if you're a business owner and you lock the left door, can you please just tell us why? All it is is angering your potential customers. I feel like. Well, I mean, I don't know. If it's really angering anybody but you. It is a minor inconvenience for most normal people. For you, it's right. But you grab it, you're like, Ugh. yeah. No, you're right. You're trying to do everything to make your customers. Also, it's happy. a little bit embarrassing. People look at you like you're an idiot. Like maybe you pulled and you were supposed to push. Right. Exactly. See. You see. Now you're coming around. No, I get it. I get. <laughs> I, I, really I told you. It. I get where you're coming from. I can relate here. All right. So so anyway, other rants. I'll save them for another time. We'll, we'll be together again this weekend. Uh, me, Rob, and Nick. If Nick completes his mysterious class, um, maybe he's going back to school. Maybe it's a. Uh, a uh, happy Gilmore situation. I hope he shows up to where, where's the next camp. We're going to see him Houston or you'll see. Uh, him. No, he's coming this weekend. Oh, maybe he's going to show up and he's going to be like a karate expert. Yeah. Like if he shows up and roundhouse kicks you in the face, it will all be worth it. Well, Nick is pretty athletic. Although you got, you wouldn't know based on how many basketball games he skipped out on. I, mean, so I don't think far. you can get like a black belt in three days. I, I don't know what you could do in a three day class that would be all mysterioso. That it feels like there's going to be a reveal, doesn't it? Well, he's going to tell us 
this weekend. We have to remember to ask him though, because clearly he's not going to volunteer the information. Because I asked him, I said, let me see if I can find out. <laughs> I mean, a maybe deep. it's like a, maybe he's going to become like an indie wrestler. Uh, what three day so, class? It's, it's either that or some kind of musical instrument or juggling, some kind of carny, carny talent, juggling or like sword swallowing. Uh, I would be a big fan of that. So he says, I'm signed up for something for the next three days. Fire eating. Oh, it's fire eating. That's why I'm basically unavailable. This is why he's not on the podcast. I say, what is this mysterious thing you have going on? And he said, I'll tell you this weekend. That's why I couldn't fly in any sooner than I am, obviously. Speaking of this weekend, he's flying in late Saturday night. Um, so then... Then, then he also has to stay at my hotel. So talk about saving the company money, Rob. Nick and I will be sharing a hotel room this weekend. It's it's fire eating. Uh, and then, okay, then today at 1130, I get a t- this was <laughs> – that conversation took place. Uh, <laughs> this is a funny time. I'm sure this is an enjoyable podcast. That was yesterday. Okay, then today he texted me and said, hey, I'm at this thing until 430. And I said, yeah, <laughs> I know. Uh, and then he said it was in relation to the state rankings because I'd asked him to have them done by five. Uh, so yeah, he can't can't get those done on time, but he will get them done shortly thereafter. So inquiring minds want to know if you want to know where Nick is, and if you have a guest, feel free to tweet us as at Rivals Woody at Cassidy underscore Rob or at Rivals Krug City. We want to remind you, please leave us a review. Our average is in danger of dropping. We are still at five stars, but we got two two star reviews last week. Could be dipping even lower, especially after uh, what did we what did we open the show with talking about? Oh, Twitter. I don't know. I'm afraid we're going to get canceled. Yeah, we're yeah we could be on the road to cancellation. But next door talk is a great segment. I'd like to I'd like to talk about especially in the off season. I would love to talk about next door uh, every week. Uh, I'd like to talk about Nick's mystery class more every week. We're going to feel really bad if it's like some kind of counseling. <clears throat> okay. Last, we're gonna we're gonna leave you here on this. We don't know what Nick's doing. Potentially Peace Corps, fire eating, counseling, sword swallowing, karate, yeah. uh, sword swallowing. So we'll uh, we'll get back with an answer on that last week. And here we go. We're gonna leave you with uh, our girl Karen, who lives in Springbrook Park, <laughs> talking about pigs. Fear mongering does not help. Robin, you are spreading fear and anxiety. Wild pig attacks are not common, and neither is the incidence of pig spreading disease. <laughs> Do you have documented proof of their violent nature? Uh, and then it goes on and on. <laughs> oh, here we go. This is my favorite about like these online forums uh, where people just randomly say stuff. A friend's father was attacked by wild pigs 100 miles south of here. He had to be taken to the ER. It's always like some anecdotal thing. Of a- <laughs> and I've, I've vowed to avenge his death. <laughs> right. So that was one post where she said he had to be taken to the ER for lacerations and other issues. And then she says, uh, so wild, then she posts again, wild pigs are absolutely very aggressive and absolutely do attack humans. They are unafraid of humans and would view small children as potential meal. <laughs> these pigs are vegetarian maybe maybe kruger is it a is it like a swine self-defense class where they teach you how to defend yourself against the the onslaught of you know the pigs that are attempting to take over your neighborhood first and this country second 
Rob, would you go with me if I said, if I called Cade Mays and said, drive down from Athens, we're going to go try to kill some boars with our bare hands. Would you come with us? Yeah, I would fly there on you know a day ticket. I would fly there tomorrow to see that. That would be so much fun. Cade, if you're listening, bring down that big old truck of yours. Could you imagine a picture on Twitter of me, you, and Cade holding a dead pig? You'd be like Jim McElwain. Point <laughs> <Yeah>. out. <laughs> <laughs> all right let's leave it at that all right m deuce big shout to m deuce which by the way i just noticed in my office i have a picture of me and m deuce graduate on graduation day from high school i'm gonna try to post that picture on instagram sometime soon follow m deuce check out his latest music and we'll be back with another episode next week